0: All right. Welcome to part two of the podcast that I recorded with the incredible Emily Hirsch. I am stoked. And today's episode is loaded with some nuggets. And I am also stoked because we are dropping this episode with an announcement that Emily and I are co-hosting an event in April in Austin, Texas for up to 30 entrepreneurs or anybody really who wants to absolutely skyrocket their marketing. And we are doing a three-day mastermind co-working event where we will be teaching and working and teaching and working on all things strategy, customer journey, marketing strategy, page strategy, organic, and all the incredible pieces tied together. So we are stoked about that. So if you want any info on that, shoot myself or Emily Hirsch on Instagram a DM that says, Emily and George's event, and we will hook you up. So... On today's episode, we talk about why it's not fair to place the success of your business on your employees, how Emily, when we were working together, went from, I don't know how I'm going to make payroll to a completely different world by working on the people in the business, Uh, why I consider my team a family when hiring, how it's not about the SOPs, processes are potentially blindsiding you and making your business leak money, the easiest red flag to spot when hiring your coach, I talk about what I believe is the fastest path to success in your life and business. And if you're a CEO and you're not doing this, you're completely missing the mark. That plus a lot of laughs and a lot of wisdom in today's episode. So without further ado, let's cue the intro and let's get into the show. Are
1: you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode.
2: All right. So I'm going to move to the second biggest thing, I think, that, that I've learned, and that is that business is not all sops and and perfect process and i think you know i want previously and still do but i've learned to be like well that's not how business works but having everything like perfect Mm -hmm. like as many entrepreneurs do and in control of everything and so the way i previously did that i got so disconnected from our delivery Mm -hmm. and so i've shared on here on my podcast a ton how much I got back involved in it the last six months and like rebuilt everything, rebuilt my team, rebuilt how we're doing things. And I found during that process that I realized like, number one, wow, I didn't know it was happening that way. You know, like I was just so disconnected. Number two, I wasn't listening to my team when they'd say like, that's not efficient or that doesn't work that way. I was just like, well, we're going to do it this way. We are going to do this presentation and it's going to be this way. And here's the SOP and do it. And I didn't even realize I was doing that because I'd read all the leadership books about how you don't want to do that. Yep. <laughs> and then it wasn't until I really had to get back in and you kind of normalized. Like, I feel like when you get past a million, you get fed this, like, it's got to run on its own and you've got to build your team. Ah. And you know how we feel about that, about marketing doesn't run its own, but neither does your business. And you, I've learned, like, you have to go put your energy where the biggest gap is and then you go just to the next place and then that's normal and I've also like my right hand on my team had to help her with that because we had this vision that it was wrong and it was like well as soon as we hire that person like we shouldn't have to do this anymore you know and so that's (laughs) completely changed and made the biggest difference in the success of our company like the client retention and the results and so first I had to get less reactive (laughs) like that was the first thing I had to be able to solve and then be okay with like you're in the weeds again. And you've, in your, like, I needed to do that to get to the next level
3: mm-hmm.
2: and like break through where I was. But up until you and I started talking, like, a lot of the messages to people over a million is like, no, don't do that. Like, you can't go in the day to day. You need your team to run things. So that's another big thing that I changed.
1: And I think, I think another lesson that was underneath that as well that I witnessed was you started to recognize that leadership wasn't telling your team it was showing your team yeah and i think that that had probably one of the most profound and fastest relief valves in a company that i've seen and i remember specifically around a couple of team members that were not communicating we're at each other's throats mm-hmm. and you're like we've talked through we've talked through yeah. it's like no 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 you got to create the space and you kind of kind of drive it and i remember you messaged me after you're like that was so fucking easy. Yeah. I can't believe I've never been doing this. Like we cleared it. Nobody's mad. Everybody yeah. talked about it. And now everybody wants to work together. Yeah, right. And and I think that that was a, a direct reflection of you, which was when you were getting hit now with overwhelm and with stretched capacity what was happening is that it was it was leaking over onto your team mm-hmm. right and then your team was starting to feel pressure that wasn't theirs they were starting to feel responsibility that wasn't theirs they were starting to feel like the success of your company was on their shoulders mm-hmm. and that is not a fair thing to do as an entrepreneur that is not a fair thing to do as a ceo that is not a fair thing to do with the business yeah. owner and i don't give a fuck who you are or what you say that is unhealthy especially when you try to condition that in people, because if they wanted that, they'd have their own business. And if yeah. you think that you can manipulate somebody or coerce them or pay them enough to care about your fucking vision or business as much or more than you do, you shouldn't be in business anymore. Yeah. And so we have to be careful about that because what ends up happening and what ended up happening in yours for a while is that when that overflow permeates and gets into the team, it changes their ability to do their job because it just instituted pressure that doesn't belong on them, Mm -hmm. but adds this lens of uncertainty because they're like, oh, but if I mess up, the company's gone or I won't have a job. And it creates this environment that feels unsafe. And it's not by design. We didn't do it intentionally, but we actually prevent our people from being in their superpowers by giving them responsibility that isn't theirs Mm -hmm. simply because When all of that overwhelm and when that reactance was coming in, we didn't have the space to hold it and process it. It reacted and ended up permeating out. Mm -hmm. And so when you started really flexing that muscle, like, all right, yep, I know we got that. Yep, we got that. We got all this going down, but you started kind of orchestrating again, Mm -hmm. right? And you're like, all right, cool. We'll do that. Nope. We'll take that off. Yep. Yep. We'll invest in here. Everybody on your team started to recognize and it alleviated the pressure, that they were feeling. Mm -hmm. And then even with a lack of staff, we went from, I don't know how I'm going to make payroll to less than two months later in a completely different world. Yeah, But on paper, I didn't technically touch anything functionally Right. Inside of the business. Right. What we did is we worked on the people that were operating the tools inside of the business to make sure that they were operating on a solid foundation, which would then give us an accurate picture of their ability or of their capacity to do the job. Yeah. Instead of trying to put band aids or plug holes that didn't exist, they were only there as a byproduct or collateral damage. Of kind of the wrong energy getting into the team. Mm-hmm. That's how I would describe it. Yeah. Is that fair?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I didn't even realize it was happening. Of course like, not. Like, yeah. And it was, it, and I think going, b- like, going back into the business, I feel like has to happen every, like you say, to the, where the biggest gap is. And that's yeah. like the job of the CEO and my right hand isn't the COO yet, but like would play that role. Yep. Um and being involved in hiring and like, do I mean, I wasn't involved at all in our hiring, which was like the stupidest mistake. Yeah. and like, <laughs> I'll never make that mistake again, but.
1: Yeah. And, and I I think about this the same and you and I both have kids, right? So it's like my team I look at is like a family, mm-hmm. right? And the best teams in the world are. They're connected. They believe in the mission. They believe in the vision, even if they're contractors, even if they're boom, like they're my yeah. family, mm-hmm. right? And in, in recognizing that, like, would you ever blindly hire a nanny and let them watch your children before you ever met them? Yeah, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not, right? Like, would you ever blindly let somebody come into your house and work on it when your kids are there alone that you've never met? Right. Absolutely not. Yeah. So why the fuck would I allow somebody in my business that's going to get a salary and have some deep endowment Mm -hmm. when I'm not aware if it's going to be supportive of my family or of them or if the synergy works? Yeah. And so it it is very, very important to understand at at a lot of levels, the importance and the power of really protecting that core component, right? Because whether you're a team of one, a team of three, a team of five, a team of 10, no matter what offers, no matter what lead magnets, no matter what strategies that you have, all of that stuff is just the body parts, but your team is the blood that delivers oxygen to all of them. And they're the common denominator. Yeah. And so often people go to it's the processes, it's the systems, it's the blank, it's the blank mm-hmm. And I was like, I know it's a little bit harder to measure, but if you ever taken a chance to look at, maybe it's the people executing them mm-hmm. that's preventing this from happening or things like that. And so you got to be willing to take a deeper look than, yeah. than what you think is on paper. yeah and to close this loop to earlier, typically the reason people can't is because they're operating in reactivity so it clouds their judgment. Yep. They're like, "No, I need to hire this out. I need to fire that person. Yep. Nope, we're not taking any more clients like that. Nope, fuck it, refund their money." You yeah. know, like and and we yep. make these rash decisions. Yeah. But when we have that capacity to just pause for a minute, mm-hmm. and be like, "All right, cool. Like I get that I'm charged, and I get that the client said the shit's not working, and I get that we've done everything." But before I jump in to like throat fuck them and like, uh, yeah. like I can't believe you, maybe from a responsibility perspective, I should look at this mm-hmm. and see if there are some holes or see if there are some things that we could have approved on or some broken communication. And what I found is that about nine out of 10 times, if I'm willing to look at it, the reason I'm charged and triggered when the client emails me or messages me is because at a part of me, I know they're right. Yeah. And I just didn't take the time to find it. Yeah. And so when I get those, like when I get the hey, when you said this it upset me or I didn't like when you did this or this doesn't work, all I look at it is a faster path to success because to some degree if it's bothering me, I know it's true. Yeah. And so that's where humble pie comes in and I'm like totally, let's fix it. Like yeah. what happened? Like where is it going? And then that problem never tends to show up again.
3: Yeah.
2: And
1: it doesn't show up with another client. It doesn't show up with another person, yeah. another team member. And I think that that's the part of the game.
2: Yeah. And just to relate this is someone who, if you don't even have a team, I actually think people do this with like, I'm going to hire that coach or this program or mm-hmm. this marketing agency and like not own the root problem in the business yep. and they're going to fix it. Yep. And I think it's like... a you have to be so aware of that because I still catch myself doing that of thinking like this one person or this one solution is going to solve everything and thinking that I don't have to get into the root and dig around and really make sure I solve it. And so even if you don't have a team, people do this on just buying a course or percent. hiring a coach or joining a mastermind.
1: You do it with friends. You do it with business acquaintances, right? And then we we get disappointed because we have unspoken expectations that never had the chance to succeed in the first place, Yeah. right? And that's why like – I'm very upfront with people that I coach. Yeah. I'm very honest. I'm like, I cannot do this for you. I cannot give you the answers. I will be in it. I will stand on the sideline. I will cheer you on every step of the way. Yeah. But it's your marathon. Yeah. And the only way you're going to finish it is that at every moment you don't want to continue that you continue to put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And if you need my reminders and you need me to yell at you from the sideline and remind you of what we talked about and everything that we prepped, that's great. But at the end of the day, there is no one but you. Yeah. Nobody but you.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I have found like in, in doing this, like I have been a part of a lot of coaching groups, a lot of masterminds, a lot of consulting. I know everybody.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I find that the easiest red flag that you will ever find. And the easiest way to protect yourself is when you start hearing that like, no, I promise you I can do this. No, like I'll do this for you. Like, no, it'll be easy. Yeah. It'll be here. Like, it'll no, be no, easy. We yeah. can do this for you. Yeah. Like, no, you won't have to do anything. No, it's a one yeah. thing. It's like, no, you're one, Funnel away, you're one thing here. You can use my thing. You can use that shit, does not work. Right. Because there is no their thing that works for you because it has to be your thing. Yep. And the faster you can understand that this game isn't about somebody fixing it for you or solving it for you. It's about finding somebody that can reflect back to you the things that you just can't currently see so that you can take intentional actions to remediate them Mm -hmm. and then help you stay focused consistently. That's the fastest path to your success. Yeah. Because I can't come run your ops. I can't come run your team. I can't come communicate to your customers. Yeah. Just like I can tell you the best way to succeed in a monogamous relationship if you know their love language, what fills their bucket and how it does it. But your specific application of that is the only thing that makes it effective. Yeah. Not the science itself. Yeah. But the art. Yep. And it's no different. And when you're in this game, it's not about fixing everything or changing everything. It's like, hey, here's a problem. Here's a gap that I'm having. Here's a challenge that I'm having. Mm -hmm. And I might be having a hundred more, but this one feels like the biggest one. So my only job right now is I get to solve this gap, Mm -hmm. but something's missing. It's an awareness. It's a tool. It's a perspective. So I'm going to hire out for the person or the thing that helps me make a decision on how to execute and mitigate that until it is no longer a problem. And then I move on to the next one. Yeah. But you have to understand that. And if you don't, go read Jocko's book, Extreme Ownership. Yeah. You can go read personal development books. You can study Lifespring. You can study ALA. You can go to Gratitude in Florida. They will all teach you the same thing. This concept has been around forever. It is 100% responsible 100% of the time. And what you should be looking for are the tools, are the perspectives, are the mirrors, are the feedback, are, yeah. are the questions, are the reflections from the people that are around you that are helping you either change your awareness, recognize a new pattern, help you create a new habit, change a distinction, change the way that you think about something so that you can get back into practice and application with that so that it can be solved for yourself.
2: Yeah. And for me, I had to realize this didn't mean me step in and do it all. No, <laughs> we
1: worked very hard on that Because
2: I did do that. Like, well, it's just faster if I do it. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. Like, that's not going to help you grow. It's the ownership that it's you're talking the, about. It's not the... expecting somebody else to just solve the problem or take away everything. It's the ownership, but it doesn't mean tactically do everything. No,
1: it's the ownership because really what you'll start to understand is that being a successful entrepreneur, being a successful human is not about being able to execute everything it's about having the resource to execute everything and being that resource. You can own the outcome. You can own the delivery. You can own the result. But it doesn't mean that your hands are getting dirty. It means that you're managing that outcome. Mm -hmm. And this applies in your life as well. This applies in your business. And so it, it starts from recognizing just that, that us doing it is not the solution. That's just more of the same. Yeah. Us owning the outcome and asking what's the most efficient way, responsible way, simplest way, most effective way to do it might be me. But if I'm going to do it, I'm going to make sure that I only do it once. Yeah. And so, or else I'm repeating this behavior. And then it's like, oh, well, of course this is going to break every 90 days because yeah. I come in and fix it yep. and then it gets neglected. And then I pay a teammate to do it, but I never actually train them or empower them yep. to do it. So instead it doesn't get done and then I get frustrated and I come fix it and then I gaslight them and I call George and say, I need a new team member because they're not doing their fucking job. So I'm firing them and I'm like, well, how the fuck could they do their job? Because all you do is come in and save them, which eliminates their ability to learn. And now you're just basically running a fucking 501c3 and paying charitable salaries so that you can self-punish. Yeah. And I was like, no, that's not the game. Yeah the game is, oh, what didn't work? Okay, cool. How would we fix it? Let's jump on a call. What were you thinking? What did you hear? What would mm-hmm. you need to hear different? Right. And like actually taking the five fucking minutes required to figure out what one or two inputs you can change on the front yeah. that fixes the whole process. Yeah. That eliminates it being off your plate, but still allows you to own that outcome and have that responsibility because ultimately, whether you know it is it or not, it is yours. Yep. And it's always yours. Yeah. And I believe that to be true even if you're not the owner of the company. Yeah. Even if you are not the owner, if you're just an employee, if you're just a social media person, if you're just working in a nine to five. Like people ask me all the time, how do you get equity in all these companies? Like I told you the other day. Mm-hmm. I had a phone call with the CEO of a company of a device that I use, and he literally got on a call and said, would you be offended if I offered you equity via email? Yeah. And I'm like, no. And everyone asked how. And I'm like, because anything that I choose to give my energy to, I envision that it's mine. I mm-hmm. pretend that it's mine. Yeah. I own it. Yeah. Like it's mine. And what's funny is everybody eventually makes it mine. Yeah. But that is what puts me in that position of power. Not that I have to have all the answers. Not that I have to know how to mitigate this lawsuit. Not that I have to know where to find the capital. But I have to know how to sit there and look at our situation and find what are the best possible scenarios. Mm -hmm. Who can I call? What can I make? Like, what recommendation? Who can I ask? What do Mm -hmm. we have? And I become a resource to allow us to stay in action consistently without allowing the roadblocks to get in the way of what we say that we want.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and and with my team, the other thing that you helped me do is I used to very much be like, why can't everybody just be like me <laughs> and be very frustrated, which overall, I would do that in many different ways. Like, it wasn't just my team, and you've just helped me, like, reframe, like, you don't have to do this. Like, quit. You've told me, like, fine, I quit did. tomorrow.
1: <laughs> I did. I told you to close your company. Yeah,
2: like, okay.
1: <laughs> that was another pattern interrupt that you yeah. used on you. You were just going and yeah. going and going and going, and I was like, oh, Oh, you really want this? Okay, fine. All right, let's close the business tomorrow. Yeah. And then you shut up so (laughs) fast.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And so you've helped me like in many ways with that. I've changed the way that I speak to my team, the way that I think, like my thoughts have become more positive. And it's interesting because I would not have like said I was doing, I didn't have the awareness that I was doing that before somebody else came in and was like witnessing it. And, you know, that's just not productive. Nope. Like, what am I accomplishing doing that? And so, again, if you don't have a team, I think people do that with my Facebook ads. It's Facebook ads fault. It's it's the funnel. It's the coach. It's this. And it's like that ownership really yeah. comes back in that way, too, and, and realizing that it's your responsibility. And so if I feel like that about my team, I look at it now like, what am I not Doing what am I not doing to coach them, mm-hmm. setting the right expectations, empowering them? Mm-hmm. In, in some cases, I didn't have the right team members because I was zero involved in the hiring, so reset that. But at the end of the day, it is my responsibility. So trying to put it on other people, and this happens in you know life relationships yeah. too, all the time. Yeah, because it's easier to do that. Of course, of
1: course yeah. it is. Of course it is because you know we we run around and we say things like "I want more time." I want more money. Mm-hmm. I want more freedom. But truth be told, if I gave it to you right now, you'd get rid of it as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Because most of us don't have the capacity to be in the relationship with ourselves in that moment. Yeah. Because who are you if you don't have to work every day? Right. Who are you if the world's not broken around you? Yeah. Who are you if there's not something constantly to focus on?
2: Yeah. And, and that's where that's where I am now. Was like I've rebuilt my whole company in the last six months and finally... It- do have the delivery and I do notice myself being like, okay, well, I'm a little uncomfortable with a half day with nothing to do. <laughs>
1: but notice now on also all the awarenesses you're having yeah. about yourself. Notice how you're like, oh, wow, I should do this more. I should go snowboarding yeah. more. I should travel more.
2: Has yeah.
1: it had a negative or positive impact on your business?
2: Oh, positive. And yeah. all
1: we've done is buy back your time yeah. to allow you to make the same, if not more revenue with a bigger margin.
3: Yeah,
2: for sure.
1: also allowing you to have half days that you didn't have before. Yeah, totally. And now in that position, yeah. it's like everybody tells me they want to scale. And I'm like, amazing. Well, now you're in a beautiful spot. Yeah. Are you willing to trade this half day right. for another 12 months Yeah. until we double the business and then bring in a team member to run this underneath yep. to then buy back three quarters of a day? Yeah. And that's the position of power of most entrepreneurs. Yeah. But most don't get there because they end up living reactively. And most of these conversations about this ownership or how do I lead the team or how do I uh, better communicate this or how do I solve this challenge just simply doesn't happen or doesn't come right back down to the stillness practice and the inability to use that wedge. Mm -hmm. And so we wait reactively until fires occur to where the only thing that feels like the viable option is I have to put the fire out now. Yeah. But we don't realize that we never fully extinguished it. Instead, we just temporarily fight these fires and then in some span of time, all of them come back. Mm-hmm. And if we paused for a moment and we're like, all right, cool, I know there's a fire happening, but it's not burning my business down, but what caused this fire? Yeah. And we start there for a moment from that place of responsibility. Yeah. Then we start to not only eliminate the fire, we prevent it from happening again. Mm-hmm. And then when we get to a point where we're not doing wildfire management in our business, or as Alex says, if... You're constantly fighting fires. There's a good chance you're the arsonist. Yeah. Well, then what you're left with is preventative fire maintenance. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Let's jump in with the team. Let's see how people are feeling. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about adding 20 new clients to the roster. Let's look at what that would do to the team. Exactly. Let's see how they feel about that. Let's see if they have any creative ideas on how to find more. Yeah. Or if they have something we should change in our package. And then what you do is you then start preemptively trying to poke holes Mm -hmm. in what's there.
2: And that's the place you want to be in. But it takes time to get there. It,
1: It does take time. And it's not something that you're there. It's something that you modulate in and out of. Plenty of my days still feel like the only thing I can do is not react mm-hmm. and then intentionally mitigate what's there. Yeah. And then there's other days where I have space where I'm like, today's the day I'm going to look for some holes. Yeah. Right? And then this this comes seasonally, quarterly, right. weekly sometimes. It's trigger-based. It's in, event-based. Totally. It's sales-based. The season, it it, it yep. depends on whatever's going on. Yeah. But the goal is to kind of stay focused and stay consistent yeah. and really, really come down to what matters. So two things, I'm going to make a bold statement and I'm going to make an invitation. So bold statement, nobody has a marketing problem. Everybody has a relationship problem. Invitation that you come join me in Austin, Texas, March 9th through 11th for our Lighthouse Business Accelerator. Because where else are you going to learn how to build relationships with your team, with your customers, and with your peers that will get your clients more results? You will increase your revenue and increase your referral. Where else will you learn the best proven marketing strategies, tactics, and frameworks in a room full of people that are also addicted to playing rock, paper, scissors? But more on that later, and that's something you will not understand until you get to the event. I am not joking. It is going to be a party. We're going to be covering our proven and actionable strategies and tactics to grow your brand, your business, and followers without confusion and overwhelm, and the days of stressing about when the algorithm's going to change or is my content's going to perform, or trying to craft the perfect email campaign so it goes unclicked and unopened, or doing work that leaves you burned out and exhausted because it's not moving the needle. All of those days, they're gone. Because in Austin, Texas, we are going to unlock the full potential of your business with actionable marketing tactics. We're going to talk about proven strategies on what's working right now with targeted breakout sessions with seven and eight figure entrepreneurs. We want to officially invite you to join the family because that's the vibe we've created with the Relationship Speed Algorithms movement. I'll be joined with some special guests, which will be announced soon. Maybe some of them, not all of them, because I have to keep my secrets And we don't choose our speakers based on virality or on stage experience. We choose to have real people with proven track records of success and innovation based upon their business. And here's my rule every speaker is a friend, somebody I know, somebody that I love that does business ethics and morals the right way and comes to the event committed to serve and support you. And that's their whole agenda. And we also have a brand new VIP day with me, my team, and even bonus speakers. So if you're ready to scale and learn frameworks that will work with any business, consider this your official invitation to the Lighthouse Business Accelerator and just head on over to mindedgeorge.com so you can secure your seat in the Lighthouse Business Accelerator and maybe even win the... The world's most competitive rock, paper, scissors championship ever with some great prizes. But either way, we'll see you at the event. In event based, totally. it's totally sales based. It, it, it yep. depends on whatever's going on. Yeah. But the goal is to kind of stay focused and stay consistent. Yeah. And really, really come down to what matters. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I've been able to transfer to my team is like that is that works directly with me. Like that's their job too. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to do that. And I think Realizing like the goal for any CEO is not to become disconnected. And I really feel like that's something that people don't talk about enough because with marketing, with business, it's like that's the sexy thing to sell is like it runs on its own and autopilot. But if you look at any successful company, the CEO is not disconnected with their vision.
1: The CEO – by trade has one job. Yep. And it's protecting the mission and vision by enhancing the culture of the people. Yeah, A CEO's entire job is to be the most connected, empathetic, and compassionate person in the entire company. Yeah, That is their job. And then to utilize those incredible people on the team and figure out how to extract their strengths while mitigating their weaknesses to accomplish the vision that you are being paid to either create or hold as yeah. the CEO of either your vision or somebody else's. Yeah. That is the entire fucking job. Yeah. Yeah. That's why HR reports directly to the CEO. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason. Yeah. In the hierarchies. And I think it's, in, it's easy to forget that and it's easy to lose focus on that when you're in the middle of the shit. Right. But when teams are down and I don't watch sports, but when you think about it, When a team is down, when a team is demoralized, when a team is getting their faces smashed the fuck in, you've never heard them go to the locker room, continually gaslight and tear each other down and then come back out and win. Right. They go back in and they come together. Yeah. They find common ground. They talk openly about their fears. Mm -hmm. They get excited and make a plan together. They come together with confidence and then they go fucking execute. Yeah. And the only ones that come back are the ones that are unattached to them actually winning. And are more committed to executing what they committed to together. Yeah, and those are the ones that come back. Yep, every single time. Yeah, and that's our job. Right. Whether and and by the way, this also applies to you and you. Mm -hmm. If you are a solopreneur that wears multiple hats, I watch entrepreneurs do this to themselves all the time, where they will literally be writing their emails and then like berating themselves for how bad the copy is and they do this back and forth with themselves and so you have to be able to practice it with yourself first to then even be able to have the capacity to lead a team by example to where people can be in their power and they can feel safe because that's what allows people to be in their greatness Mm -hmm. and you know the reason that I was so anti-fucking SOPs It's not that processes are important. Processes Mm -hmm. are fucking incredible. Yeah, totally. But to try to delineate a human experience down to a series of checklists does not work. Mm -hmm. You cannot checklist a marriage. You cannot checklist a parent. Yeah. But you can protect the outcome. Yeah. And you can say best practices and these are the things that matter, but you can also leave space for humanity.
2: And the the flexibility. And
1: the flexibility, which is what allows the depth and the things to happen. Mm -hmm. But that can only happen if we're empowering our team to lead, not managing our team or doing their job for them Mm -hmm. and then getting upset that they can't lead. yeah, There's this point where we have to be willing to allow growth and support growth, just like we're allowed growth. And we sometimes fail to recognize that we're the biggest shit shows and our team is our safety net holding us together. Yeah. But yet sometimes we forget to lend the same courtesy and be like, I got a net under you. Mm -hmm. Let's do this. Yeah. I've got you. Yeah. You're fine. And that's why in my company, and my team knows this, and you know this, there's only two ways to get fired. You either lie from me or you steal from me because everything else I see is a leadership challenge. Mm -hmm. And I give it past beyond its point of 100% ownership, but I'm okay with that Mm -hmm. because I can put my head on the pillow and be like, I really did everything. Yeah. And most of the time in my companies, When I get to that point of letting somebody go, it's met with, I can't believe you kept me this long and gave me so many chances, but I just wanted to say thank you. Right. And I'm like, I fucking love you. (laughs) Some of them end up back on my team a year later. Some of them are my best friends. I'm still friends with all of them. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because of that, but it's also why when you look at our business, there's three of us running what you see as a, I don't even know how you would describe my world spending time in it. Yeah. But it's interesting. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah. Well, I feel like those are my major takeaways.
1: Okay. So now, now I would love to hear from you. Like mm-hmm. I want to ask a yeah. few on my side. Yeah. Right. So now, um, number one, knowing that you don't hire coaches
2: Yeah, I don't. So the fact I hired you is a huge compliment. And I told you this. I know, no.
1: So let's, let's start there. Yeah. Right. So like, what was that thing for you of like, I don't hire coaches. I don't need them. Like, what was that belief?
2: Yeah. Um, I just have a hard time trusting people. (laughs) So it takes someone to really like prove, okay, they can help me. I also have had, and still do have a hard time letting people in. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So even when I hired you, I wasn't like, oh, I have all these problems, right? It took like a little bit before I said that. So yeah, I only have hired one other coach before you. And you know, they're both at pivotal times where I do realize like, okay, I can't do this on my own. Yep. And I like a close relationship with with whatever coach, you know, I've only hired one other. So for you, it was like we did that podcast together and I realized one, our values yep. are all like in alignment and similar, um, to that you had perspectives that I hadn't considered before, but just like stuck out to me. And so that was kind of the trigger, um, that I decided, you know, I think, you know, I know, I knew I, I need help. I can't do it on my own. And even though I didn't say that to you when I hired you, but that's what the trigger was for me of like, I can't, I need different perspective. I need different awareness. I need a sounding board our values and i fully trusted you based Mm -hmm. on what you've done and i don't think at that point i knew like i didn't know all that you'd really done so it wasn't that i was like oh look at this long list of accomplishments like it was just honestly a feeling like we did that podcast together we since then have connected become really good friends but um it was like a gut feeling too in, in that way
1: now, when when you were in that lens, you talk about like what you were looking for, right? Mm-hmm. So when you want to hire me, like when we had the podcast, i are like, I think this guy can help me. Mm-hmm. What is it that like at that moment, not now, but like yeah. at that moment, what were you looking for?
2: I, I thought it was like, help me with marketing. Uh-huh. Like give me an outside perspective because it's hard to do your own marketing as you know when you're in it all day. So I thought it was that. Uh-huh. And we've done... Like, marketing, maybe if that for my business, like I got, you know, what I needed, but I, I thought, I think I even told Alex, our friend, like, yeah, I just want a different perspective on my marketing. So I'm going to hire George.
1: How'd that work out?
2: (laughs) Yeah. We didn't spend any time on my marketing. It ended up me being like, okay, I really need some help (laughs) on all these other things.
1: Yeah. And I think, well, I think too, is I think it's important to understand that we did work on your marketing.
2: In not a direct way.
1: We worked on it in the way that creates a permanent change. Yeah. Right. Because like I think for entrepreneurs and I think one of the things that I, I helped you and I help a lot of people recognize yeah. is that you are not your business. Mm-hmm. The functions of your business are not you. Yeah. Marketing is a a tool inside of your business. Selling is a tool inside of your business. Uh, funnels are a tool inside of your business. Yeah. Email is a tool inside of your business. Operations is a tool inside of your business. But they aren't who you are. Yeah. And they aren't the things that actually change the business. Yeah. Those are functions, but all those functions have to be run Mm -hmm. by a human, by a person. Yeah. With a perspective, with a belief. And no different than Maslow's hierarchy of needs is that you can't move up the levels to self realization or actualization unless the levels below it are met, like your core human functions and your basic needs. And when you think about the neurological levels of NLP and the seven levels of the brain, when you have a challenge at one of the levels, you can't change it on the level that you're on. You either have to go above or below it Mm -hmm. to allow the the deeper change or the principal change or the higher change to permeate out and to change what's there. And so I just think it is important to understand. And as marketers, we talk about this all the time, is that we need to sell people what they want and then help deliver or help them see yeah, what they need. Absolutely. And this is one of those things. But the reason I want to call it out right now for everybody listening is because when you really truly understand this game, it's not about thinking or recognizing or feeling that like, I don't have the tool or I don't have access to that information, or they have some secret funnel that I don't have, or that they have some strategy that I don't have. Mm -hmm. Because absolutely everything that we use in marketing is just a series of different ingredients in the pantry. And it's not the ingredients that make it work. Mm -hmm. It's the ones that you choose, the specific order you use them, and your application of them that makes them work. Mm-hmm. Like my model does not work for ninety nine point nine percent of people. Mm-hmm. It does not. It doesn't even work on paper. Like if you really looked at it from paper and you were coaching me, it does not work. It should not be there. The money I make, the the equity yeah. I have in companies, like there is no roadmap. You know yeah. where it really, really works. And so I think it's just really important to understand that that no matter what, I think your default should always be when you think the challenge is a tool, when you think the challenge is a process, when you think the challenge is this thing that actually doesn't really exist inside of your business. Mm-hmm. It's just something that you use, that you use this as an invitation to look a little bit deeper, to look at how you're relating to things, to look at how you're seeing things and, and to really have the self-integrity to be like, okay, cool. I know I told everybody that I worked for seven hours today, Uh, But I spent six and a half scrolling through Instagram and I wrote an email for 30 minutes. Yeah, And like really, really starting there to recognize that the easy answer is to put it on the tool. It's to put it on the, my marketing, it's to put it on the, my perspective. But when you come to me and you're like, well, I need a better perspective of my marketing. Mm -hmm. All I heard was she hasn't given herself the space to find her genius. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing I heard because on paper and on marketing, I would give you uh, a higher score in marketing than me, right? And so when we think about the things that we did talk about in marketing, that we did shift in yeah. marketing, it wasn't that you came to me with a problem and then I came to you with a solution. Right. You came to me with an idea and yeah. I came to you with reflections and yeah. questions. But ultimately, every single thing that you did that worked did not come from me.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: I reflected, Yeah. I asked questions, Yeah. I asked some what ifs, I poked some holes, but I didn't lead you. Yeah. I was just like, oh, but what about that? Or maybe what about that? Or have you thought about that? And then you came back and you're like, yep, I'm gonna do boom, 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 and it worked. Yeah. And boom, 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 boom. And it worked. And that wasn't a function of marketing. Yeah. That was a function of you having the space to utilize what is one of your greatest gifts. Yeah. What is your Queen B role? And that's really what the space allowed to happen. And then. What happened was when that space was created because it started working, you then had a new taste and flavor of like, wow, if I go about this differently, if I think about this differently, like you just kind of ran a race a different way. Mm -hmm. You made an adjustment that you'd never run before and you liked how it felt to run that race. Mm -hmm. And so then what you were left with was now the integration of this. And mm-hmm. then you had plenty of moments where you kept it and then a few moments where you were off of it. Yeah. And we reminded you to kind of come back onto it. Right. Right? And that's that muscle that we were talking about earlier like in practice. Yeah. And so I just think that's like a really profound thing and now yeah. like now based on this and I've never asked you this but like in, in working me I don't know how long we've been doing it like 7 months or whatever. Um but like what is one of like what, what would you consider to be like one or two of like your absolute biggest takeaways that have had like the biggest impact and like, not only like what they are, but like how it's like impacted Mm -hmm. your business or your life. Like I'm just innately curious.
2: Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing, which we talked about in, the first part is, is the relationship with myself. Like I didn't go into this thinking I I needed to work on that because I was so tactics, just give me the tactics and I'll go execute them. And so you've helped me. That's been the biggest, like biggest transformation. And I've said this on my podcast, like I am a different person than I was when we started working together to now because of you. Mm -hmm. And so I think, and that's like, the most powerful thing you could give somebody and it impacts everything Mm -hmm. in their life, not just even their business. So, and that, you know, takeaways that came just from the work that you've got, the reflection you've constantly made me do and, and the awareness that you've helped me like mirrored for me and Mm -hmm. and brought to me. And I think we're similar. So that has helped a lot. Um, And then I think the other thing is like my Thoughts and the way that I look at things—you've totally changed. Because, like I shared earlier, I used to be like mean <laughs> to myself, yep. and like my inner thoughts. And I still, I do still struggle with it. It's not like I've like healed everything, but um, you've helped me like realize that I was doing that. And the and the thing about me is, when I do have awareness, I do change pretty fast. So I can bring you know bring that awareness. And so I was doing that to my own, myself, mm-hmm. but then everybody around me too, like my team my husband, my, you know, everybody. And so I think that's another thing is like that reflection of you just being like, no, it's on you. And, and like helping me have the ownership of like, that it wasn't, it was my, the way I was looking at things and my Mm -hmm. thoughts around it versus like the actual scenarios was the stories and the thoughts.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause like one of, one of my biggest breakthroughs, um, and something I use a lot of the times right now is I even hold myself accountable to this is like, even when I'm triggered, even when I have stuff coming up in my marriage, in my life, with my friends, with whatever, I have to check myself when I'm I'm ruminating or I'm about to talk and I'm like, all right, is this a story or are these yeah. feelings? Yeah. And like I hold myself accountable to that yeah. because I typically have found if I can't talk about the feelings, I haven't processed the moment yeah. enough. And if I'm living in story, I'm stuck. Yeah. And so that's one of the things that I'm like, nope feelings not story. Yeah. I don't want to know the details. I don't want to know what, who, why, when, what. All I want to know is how it made you feel. Yeah. What triggered you? Like what it's doing in you, how it's changing how you see the world and like how yeah. you would like to feel. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a powerful powerful concept to yeah. get down to because I feel like in my experience of being able to meet so many human beings, like I literally meet millions of people and I have the deepest most profound conversations with all of these people. And I've realized that everybody that, that operates with this level of awareness and presence and and this understanding of a lot of the things and principles that we've talked to today have all gotten there in one of two ways, but everybody gets there. Mm -hmm. And it's either through extreme pain Mm -hmm. and forced perspective or extreme proactivity in Mm self-actualization. But every successful person I know, every grounded one, every happy one, every one of them we all have these moments that are similar to moments that we've had with you. And I think it's a very, very important thing for people to understand that if you're going to set your sights on a finish line, if you're going to set your sights on a goal, if you're going to set your sights on like what you would say or what you would measure is like how you made it. That's not based on the money in your bank account. That's not based on how many employees you have. It's not based on your top line revenue or sales. It's really based on your ability to have the confidence to see what it is in front of you, mm-hmm. to know that you can execute and create anything you want if you stay committed to it, and then choosing those actions that will actually bring you closer to that thing. Yeah. Because I will tell you, and I, I know this to be true now in actualization, I've made lots of money, I've lost lots of money, and not one time when I ever lost it all did being transactional or coming in make it all back. It was right. the antithesis of that. It was being yeah. unattached to the outcome, but fully committed to my intention yeah. and the integrity of it. Yeah. Fully committed to that value, fully committed to those things. And was it easy? No. Was it worth it? Fuck yeah. yeah. Was it easier than just sitting there suffering and feeling out of control? Yeah, of course there was, right? But I think, I think at the end of the day, at, at, for me, I like to keep things really, really simple. And there is no such thing as holding. You are either growing or dying. Mm. There's no middle ground. Mm-hmm. And so in this moment, I'm growing or dying. This afternoon, I'm growing or dying. Tomorrow morning when I come to this office, I'm either growing or dying. And the, and the distinction or the definition of that is based on where I choose to spend my time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when I spend my time in those things that are causing more emotional distress and more overwhelm and I'm not doing anything to mitigate them, I have to be honest with myself that I'm choosing to die. Yeah. And so I can't go out and pretend that I want to build this big vision and I want to change the world and I want to help a billion people when all of my actions behind closed doors are a antithesis to what I'm saying. And I have to be willing to have that integrous conversation. Yeah. And that's the big, big, big part of me. But I think that that's where people should focus your goals. It's not on how much money you have. It's about how you can generate it consistently because you understand yourself and you understand your resourcefulness, you understand your superpower, and then you choose where to deploy it and leverage it in that moment Mm -hmm. to give yourself the best possible chance of success. And those moments change, and you change, and you have to have this very dynamic relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. And you have to recognize that the car is going to run different every day, and it might feel a little bit differently every day. There's going to be days where it feels easy. There's going to be days where it feels hard. The whole point of that thing is not to stop the race. It's not to get out of the car. It's to pay attention to the check engine light. And if it says, look at me, Mm -hmm. take a minute to look to see if slowing down for an hour will help you finish the race rather than blow up your engine and take you out of commission for three months. And I think that that's where people should be focusing their time, like on who I want to become and how I want to be, not because I did this, it created that. Yeah. And when you focus on that, all the things that you want become a reality. And this isn't some woo-woo bullshit. Yeah. This is is factual because it's protecting you and your power and it's making sure you're giving your energy to where it can give you Mm -hmm. the best chance of return. But you have to have this self-awareness. You have to have this understanding and you have to have the willingness to dance with it. Mm-hmm. You have the willingness to like do it differently. And like imposter syndrome doesn't go away. Doubts don't go away. Evidence doesn't go away. And I will tell you something. And this is the double-edged part of the sword. The more of this work that you do, the more strain and resistance the world will throw on you because you have an increased capacity yeah. to hold it. Yeah. And then your level of self-work and self-investment has to get deeper Yeah. and it has to get stronger. And no matter what, that weight, that load is always on your shoulders. Yeah. And you can try to pretend that it's not there, but we asked for it. That's the burden of leadership. It's being able to carry it and to hold it, knowing it's not going to go away. So I'm going to stay committed to keeping the foundation as strong as possible so that I can, because this is the path that gets me to where I said I wanted to go, mm-hmm. whether I feel like doing it or not.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's the game, I think, that guarantees people's success.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So now, last question. How would you describe what I knew what you I were going to ask
2: me this. <laughs> it, I am working on it for you.
1: <laughs> Give us some shots. I'm so innately in scared. my
2: head. I'm like, he's going to ask me this question. I got I to prep for this. Um,
1: no prep, just saying. No,
2: I know. Um, I mean, your whole thing is relationships. And I think you address. First, the relationship with the entrepreneur self, but they don't know they need that until they start working with you.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then from there, <laughs> it's like a complete op it's anything they need. <laughs> <laughs> because when you help someone do that, it impacts their their personal relationships, their business, their business growth. Yep. And you just have this gift to like know exactly what the problem is. Like multiple times we've gotten on a call and I've been like all right, here's what we're talking about. Here's the problem. And then we end up talking about like a totally different thing that really is the problem, but I didn't know. So you seriously have like a magical gift (laughs) to be able to get to the root of something that somebody cannot see. Like Mm -hmm. you bring awareness to, I don't even want to call them problems, but like you bring awareness to a situation that someone just cannot see. Like they have blinders onto it. That impacts their relationship with their self with their family, with their friends, the business, the business growth, everything in their life because it's all connected, right mm-hmm. you know you you grow as a person and then your business grows, and everything else improves, so yeah. really, you help people with that relationship with themselves and who they want to show up as, and the awareness that they need mirrored to them and shown to them that makes that impact. But coming in, you don't know you need that until you start talking to and you're like, you, you're magic. <laughs> like, how did you know this?
1: Well, and the reason I do that is because everybody wants customer journey. They want marketing. They yeah. Want messaging. Right. You're the core component and the main ingredient to your messaging yeah. converting and your customer journey is working. Yeah. And so foundationally, when we take that foundation and we get you aligned and we get you congruent and we get you here. Yeah. And then we apply that truth into your customer journey, into your team, into your marketing. Mm-hmm. We start to get the statements of like, "How come I didn't do anything different, but it all works now?" Yeah. And how come those emails converted and they didn't happen before? Why yeah. is everything I'm touching feel easy now? And, and truth be told, it's really about bringing you back into alignment. I was going to, yep, alignment. That's what came. That's me too. what it yeah. is. And understanding that alignment is not something that once you have it stays. Mm-hmm. It's something that requires focus Mm -hmm. and intention to keep it into alignment like a muscle. And when it gets out, it can get out because we had a new awareness. We had a new trigger. We had new growth. Mm -hmm. We hit a new milestone. And then it's about recognizing now what does it take to be in alignment so that I am excited about my business, that I don't dread it, that I'm not carrying resentment, that I'm actually giving myself to the ability to achieve what it is that I say I want to achieve without tying both of my fucking hands behind my back. And that's really where it, where it boils down to, because then at that point, when we talk about planning our event, which we just mapped out fucking minute by minute, yeah, the sickest fucking event in the world, which by the way, if any of you are wondering, we're basically going to open up Pandora's box of the best email marketing in the world. To scale your businesses, to get 80 plus percent open rates, to do everything I did to scale multiple companies to billions of dollars. And then we're adding all of Emily's marketing strategy, paid marketing strategy design. We're plugging every hole in your customer journey bucket so that by the time we're done, you'll have workshopped and outlined most of your customer journeys, your email, know your offers, and then you get to go execute until you make millions of dollars. Yep. And we're capping it at 30 people. Yeah. We're doing it workshop style, not like a George Bryan event, like we are working. We will be in the room. We will be networking. We'll be talking. Emily and I are the only ones speaking, and we will be teaching marketing, customer journey, paid media, self-mastery. All of these different areas to combine together to basically give you the strongest foundation and probably immediately found revenue no matter where you are Uh, in that stage of your business. And so if you want any details on that, uh, I don't know how hard we're going to press it because I have a feeling we're going to get a lot of waiting list DMs, Uh, but just shoot either Emily or I on Instagram a DM with the word April event and we will let you know the details and kind of fill you in on all that stuff.
2: Yeah, it's going to be magic.
1: So I think this is where we wrap because we got to get you to the airport. Yep. Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> we have more time this time, but we need to leave. Yeah. So yeah. we crushed. We did good. Uh, if you're listening to this. You listened to part one on her show and part two on my show. I guess we'll figure out where we split it after. Yeah. But Um, if you
2: haven't listened to part one.
1: But if you are at this point and you haven't listened to part one, go listen to part one now. And at the intro of this one, I'm also reminding you. So if you got to this point and I'm saying it again, you didn't listen to me, you fucking rule breaker. (laughs) But I appreciate that part of you. So I won't be mad at you. So this wraps another series of uh, us talking about whatever we talked about. Yep. It was good. Yeah. Any closing thoughts, words? Are we good? I'm good. Okay, cool. Thank you. So that wraps another episode on this one. I can say of the mind of George show, which started on the not for lazy marketer show. So that will conclude this episode. Uh, and I want to make this stark reminder that there was a lot shared here today and some very powerful concepts, some very powerful focuses, some powerful awarenesses, as well as powerful practices that will help you realize these things but just like any muscle just like any workout just like any behavior if you do it once it will not work it's about making a commitment and doing it consistently so it has the chance to work because we're not looking for grand slams we're not looking for massive hockey stits we're looking for base hits that stick and when we stick those things in and we keep those habits they continually compound to help us in our life and in our business and so take this as my permission slip to try one thing, whether it's the stillness practice, whether it's the reflection time, whether it's sharing your experience with the feelings instead of the story, whether it's empowering your team, whether it's not jumping in and solving, but figuring out how to pre-solve. No matter what it is for you, there was something that was talked about today, either from Emily or from me talking a whole fuck ton, which I'm a little self-conscious about right now, uh, that probably stuck out. Something that landed, something that was a zinger. And if your check engine light dung I need you to take some time to pay attention to it because it came up for a moment. So use this moment as the opportunity to flex that muscle and try to make something different. And so that's what we got for you. So this wraps another episode of my show and uh, we wrapped Emily's in part one of this. And so remember that relationships will always be the algorithms. We'll either see you in the next episode or I will hear you in your earballs but either way we out. Thank you for listening to another episode of the mind of George show.